This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is the perfect morning for you to be joining us for an iStation podcast. We are discussing moving the needle with monitoring progress. And that's with Alicia Pruitt. Alicia, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. It's nice to be meeting with you this morning. Thank you. Thanks so much. So I know with school back in full swing, educators, teachers, everyone in the education system is trying to make up for lost time. So how is progress monitoring now more important than ever? Well, one of the things that I think we've done for a really long time is to progress monitor and look for gaps in the students' learning and meet those students where they are. And that has really been a process that we've done in the past. One of the things that I think is really important now is to progress monitor to find those strengths in the students' Mm -hmm. learning so that we can build upon those and really help to move the needle, like you said. I think it's really finding those strengths to to help those students to become better and to become better readers, better mathematicians, better at whatever area of academic place that they're working in. Absolutely. And I love how you said we're now looking for the strengths, that that's an important thing to build upon rather than just focusing on what the deficit is. So what is your role specifically within the system and why are you so passionate about making up for this learning deficit? Well, I work in the professional development department. So I get to work with educators, um, principals, superintendents, and Really, I felt like when I was a classroom teacher that I was able to affect change in my classroom. When I worked as a district leader, I was able to affect change within my district. In the position that I'm in now, my scope is so much more broad. I can affect change throughout a state, throughout the country, and really make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm helping students and educators across the entire nation. Absolutely. And I love that you have this specific heart and take because you're a teacher yourself. So what should teachers and educators look for when choosing a progress monitoring program? Well, one of the things is that you want to make sure there's a, there's a lot of different assessments that assess one area, you know, maybe comprehension or maybe um, specifically number sense. But you want to look for an assessment that's a little more broad that can really screen and catch those areas of weakness or those strengths like we talked about in the previous question. But also you want to find something that is less invasive. I think all educators have sat and worked through assessments that maybe take about a half an hour a student. And when you have to administer that individually, a half an hour a student takes a lot of time from the classroom. And then that's time that you're not able to teach and work with your students. So you want to find an assessment that is quick, that gets you the information that you need and allows you to get down to the business of teaching and learning. After so many schools and education systems moved to online and digital learning for so long, I know that classrooms are trying to now implement those systems 
in the in-person classroom. So what are the benefits of using a computer-adaptive progress monitoring tool? So actually, it lends itself to exactly what we just said. It, it allows you to get those students assessed quickly so that you can get down to the business of teaching and learning. But it also allows you to differentiate. I know that when the trainer first came to my school and was telling me that this program would differentiate for my students, I thought, really? Is it really going to do that? And then it did. I mean, it, it, it looked to specifically where the students were and then address that need immediately. Whereas that was not something that I could do, um, immediately. So it allows that wisdom of the teacher and the technology and the algorithm of a computer adaptive assessment to make a nice marriage where you're working together for the best cause of the student. Absolutely. I remember being in the classroom and it's so difficult when there's only one of them and 30 of us all thinking that the teacher has full access to each of us at every time. And that's just not the truth. It's just not. not. (laughs) What in your mind is purposeful learning? How do you define that and how should we be using that? Well, I I think that many times you hear these words um, thrown around throughout you know, the educational atmosphere. And even Forbes weighed in on it lately. I mean, they talked about the purposeful learning that students can see and that it's an explicit systematic instruction. But what does that mean? That means that we specifically teach whatever the area is, what it is, and set that intention for learning. And that's one of the areas where iStation has really pivoted and pivoted well In this last year, we've released what's called a power path, and it allows the students to set that purpose for learning, that intentionality of it, by selecting their own path of instruction to ensure that that engagement is really high. Also, that they can select their own avatar to see themselves in the learning. You know, that makes a huge difference when students can do that. And then also to interact and engage and own their own data. Um, We've been looking at data for years, but when you look at some of those gurus educationally, like um, Fisher, or if you look at what Marzano is saying about the student ownership of data, that when the students interact with it, their gains can be as, as high as 32%. So we found that just having the students look at their data, the growth and the trajectory of that makes a huge difference. And it makes it more purposeful. I love that. Including the student in on the learning process, letting them see. And it's not this behind the doors. Only the teachers and the overheads are talking about it, but they're getting to see where they are in the progress. I really, really like that. That brings me to accelerating learning, another kind of buzzword we're hearing a lot right now. How does that come into play? You know what? That one has been something where we have all learned through the experience because I know in the beginning we were talking so much about learning loss and they've really turned away from learning loss to talking about unfinished learning and framing it in more of a positive way for the students and the teachers. And I like what one district is doing. Um, There's a district in the western part of our country, and they looked at specifically what they're calling the gatekeeper standards. And those specific standards are the ones that are most predictive of success. When you take that state assessment, when you take 
the SAT or ACT. So they've pinpointed those specific targets, looked at where the students' strengths are, like we mentioned before, and where their weaknesses are, and tried to make a strategic plan. Because you cannot hit all of these things strategically, you kind of have to start at one place. So they looked at those standards and then where the students' strengths and weaknesses are and developed a plan from there. And that just, I mean, it really made sense to me that they would look at those standards. Um, and, you know, sometimes the, the obvious choice in education is what's sitting in front of us. But I, I thought that was really impressive the way that they did that. But another thing that we really have to consider is the social emotional aspect of the students and the teachers. Accelerated learning, it, it sounds like we need to go fast. That's what acceleration means. But in order to do that, we have to slow down and see where the students are emotionally, meet those needs, and also address how the teachers are feeling because we've all been through a lot of things and those things need to be addressed before we can move forward. So slow down to go fast. <laughs> so important. Everything in its own time. If anyone is listening and they want to learn more about monitoring or how to implement these programs, where would you recommend they go? What websites? How would they contact you? So honestly, iStation.com really has it it has it all. We, we do very well with progress monitoring, accelerated learning. If you go to the website and click on learn more, it will take you directly into that path. We try to save time for people. Um, but I would also recommend, um, joining some of those groups on social media. I know that right now there are a lot of things going on in social media that are maybe not the best, but there are so many great groups on um, Facebook and Twitter that specifically deal with progress monitoring and accelerated learning. And almost everything I've seen is positive. It's lifting up for the students and the teachers and real life applicable solutions that you can implement right away. I'm thrilled to hear that support for teachers. And Alicia, I have so enjoyed talking to you. I love connecting with educators, love connecting with women that are so passionate about this. So thank you so much, everyone. This has been an iStation podcast. I've been Courtney Eckerd. That's been Alicia Pruitt. Alicia, thank you. Thank you so much. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. 